Hey, welcome to the Resocial Hour. I'm Joey. We're here with Allie and Emily. You want to say hi? Hello. Hi. And we will have Anthony joining us at some point, hopefully. Uh, he may not make it. We'll see. But um, today we're going to be talking about building community in academia from the undergraduate, graduate, and faculty perspective and how that's changed over time because um, Allie brought up a really good point about how um, recently, you know, if you just started as an undergrad, you really started during COVID. And Emily really emphasized that, hey, that happened to me too as a PhD student. And I was like, wow. And I couldn't imagine starting as a faculty <laughs> in COVID, being hired and getting this, you know, having all this going on and and at the same time, not seeing your colleagues and your students in person at all. Um, but even before this era of COVID, you know, times were, were really changing. I think Ali mentioned the past 15 years, I think you said. Yeah. It's an interesting perspective if we go. And that's kind of, if, if you do the math, that's 2007. And that was the era of, of the early days of social media, right? And the internet having really kind of solidified itself as a medium that was not going away. Traditional media um, definitely uh, was playing a role, but we went from like email and seeing people at live mixers to definitely chatting online and having visual like interactions uh, through social media platforms. So with that said, I think my first question is, is, you know, um, being that both of you all started programs uh, during COVID, you know, what did it, what was that like? Like, you know, what, it, what, in, in the context so, of this, you know, how did you build community? So my situation is a little different. Um, so I graduated high school in 2020, which is when COVID started and came to AM in the fall of that same year. But I had the option to either live in a dorm or live in an apartment like most students do since A&M doesn't make it mandatory for students to live on campus that first semester. Um, and so basically, I just decided to like live in an apartment. It was cheaper. And I was like, I'll still make friends. No big deal. Um, but what ended up happening was because of COVID, I like all, a lot of our events were canceled. Fish camp was online. Like there wasn't really any set way to connect with people besides Instagram or Twitter or Snapchat. And they had ended up like the class councils and just different people ended up making Instagram pages of like, Hey, this is so-and-so, this is their major. This is their first year, whatever. This is their like social media interact with them basically. And that was like our only way of truly interacting with people. If you didn't live on campus and I heard from some other people about their stories of living on campus during COVID and they kind of had the same situation. Like you would have to walk around in a mask. You were not allowed to like stand outside in the hallways and like make friends like you usually would. And like how we always see in movies, like going door to door to your neighbors and introducing yourself like that just didn't happen. So I think for a lot of people making friends and like building that community around them was just so much harder because of that COVID restriction happening. And even now, it's still kind of hard because my generation is so used to doing everything online 
that when it comes to actually meeting up with people in person or going up to random strangers being like, Hey, like my name is so-and-so this is my major. Like what's yours. It's so awkward. And we have so much anxiety behind it because we're so used to being able to hide behind a screen. So it's definitely difficult trying to build that community in person to say the least. Yeah. 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 I'll go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, my experience is a little bit different. I'll clarify that I started my program, it would have been in the fall of 2019. So it was on my spring break that COVID happened, um, which was, oh my gosh, just such a ordeal. Um, but yeah, so I had, you know, I had the fall to make friends, um, which I'm really thankful for because I really feel like that really helped me kind of feel settled. Like I really can't imagine starting a program during COVID because you really don't even get those initial like moments of building community. Cause I think the way that we built community most, to be honest, in grad school was like going out with one another on the weekends and going out to eat, you know, after class, uh, Anthony would, would go with us or he would drive us all the time. We would go out to eat on our last class of the week. He, we would go out to eat, um, I think it was like a Thursday night, and it was just like a, a weekly ritual that we had, um, you know, generally be like five or ten of us, so we just go get dinner and be like, okay, it's the weekend, like, let's, let's enjoy, you know, kind of our week, and that was just so meaningful, and that's something I really miss in my grad program I'm in now, um, because I feel like, like, Ali, like, something was kind of lost in this, like, um, I guess, kind of habit of meeting up with people in person and going out, like we can do that now, but it's just like, it's like the infrastructure isn't set up for that anymore. You know, people yeah. just go home. They're just used to going home, you know? And so maybe we'll meet up with my cohort once or twice in the semester outside of school, but it used to be literally weekly <laughs> um, in my old program. So that was really difficult. Um, well, and then I think really just my, kind of sense of where home was or where I belonged was very different um, once COVID happened because I was visiting, my partner was living in New Orleans at the time. So so I was actually spring breaking in New Orleans. And then we got the news that like, well, first of all, that I wouldn't be able to go to Australia for like a conference, like that got canceled. But then like school, school went online. And so then we're like, oh, well, like, should we go back to Texas and get my stuff? Because we packed for a weekend, not for like months. You know, so we drove back to Texas and moved a lot of stuff out of my apartment, but still didn't know, like, do we leave stuff in the fridge? Like, is the ketchup going to be fine? Like, you know, like, is it going to be a couple months or am I leaving for a year? Like, I mean, it was like, just so, so weird to like try to make that decision. So we ended up going back, I think the third time to actually clean it out because we didn't realize I wasn't going to be there for like a year. Um, you know, so we couldn't leave food, you know? Um, and so, yeah, so that was just chaotic. So it was like, I had just moved from new Orleans to Texas and then, you know, six months into that, I moved back to New Orleans, but I still have a place in Texas. And I'd already signed my lease for the next year, which is like one of those mistakes that I now learn never to make. But, you know, like signing a lease in like January or February to start in July, you know. And so it was just this kind of sense of like, well, I have places I can live in like three different states right now. And I don't need to be in any particular location. So like, where do I want to be? Um, which was nice. I mean, it was it was nice that I could make that decision that I could be by, you know, in communities and by support systems that I couldn't at Texas A&M, but it also had, you know, had me questioning kind of like, where do I want to be? So I, I moved back to New Orleans and then realized, you know, I really want to spend time with my family back home in Wisconsin. And so then I spent months in Wisconsin and then I was back to New Orleans and then I'd go back to Texas. And so even though COVID was going on, I was just kind of transient, you know, um, 
which yeah, I, I guess was like I said, kind of liberatory, but also a little confining. So I was like, I don't really feel a sense of home right now. And that's kind of weird. Um, yeah. So that was like, I guess my main experience there during COVID, but that also remembering that we're still in COVID. I keep talking about COVID like it was in the past, but it's still, it's so hard not to, it's It's so so hard not to. Yeah. So, so yeah. So now I'm, I'm in Syracuse and we can go out and, you know, people, some people wear masks, some people don't wear masks. Our campus keeps going from no masks at all to like masks required back and forth. Um, but it still feels like it's harder to, to go out. But, um, and when I do go out to me, it often feels a lot more meaningful than it used to. Like I went home to Wisconsin to go to a concert with a friend in Minneapolis. And we went to this concert everyone was wearing masks. You had to like show proof of vaccination to get in the door. But I mean, being in a crowd of hundreds of people listening to like the, like the bands that you like, it was just like, it was like something that I hadn't experienced for so long that it was just like felt like a life-changing experience. Like, and it, I don't know how to describe that. And I don't know if you guys have like went through that too, but there's just like going out to like live bands or like going and finding senses of community. Like they just feel so much more important now because they feel so much more rare. Like I, um, I went to one of my cohort, um, one of my colleagues houses this last weekend and like, you know, just had like family dinner and game night. And it was like, oh my gosh, I needed this. Like I needed this so badly and I didn't realize how much I needed it. And then I went home and I was just like, I, I don't want to go home. Like I, I really want to just stay in a house in a suburb with a family and just eat dinner and like pet the dog. I like, I'll, I'll take out your trash. I'll do your chores. Like, I just want to feel like that sense of community that I don't feel isolated in my apartment. Yeah. Which is, I, I know this is a long tangent, but also like in my, in my little apartment neighborhood in downtown Syracuse, like I've been like craving community so much that I like, I like have community with people that work in the area or that I pass all the time. I like make it a point to go up and be like, I'm Emily. Like I live around here. Like I see you all the time. What's your name? Cause it's like so weird to me, especially in cities that we can just walk past the literal same person every day and like have no idea who they are. And I'm like, that's just, that's just messed up. Like we should, we should be able to say like, Hey Joe, or like, you know, whenever we're walking by and just like acknowledge another person exists. Um, and so that's what I've been trying to do. So I feel like I have built that little community and like the few places that I spend most of my time here. Sound like an Aggie. Do I? Howdy to everybody. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> I know. Right. Well, you know, building community for me, um actually started in high school for me weirdly um I kind of like my junior and senior year I ended up making like this motley crew of of people that by the end of the senior year we were all hanging out and it wasn't like we weren't the cool kids and we weren't the nerds we were just like a little bit of everybody and um so when I went to college this is like 1999 (laughs) I'm gonna give y'all date myself quite a bit here um the you know the way you built community was like like y'all said you would go to orientation uh, literally through like the people that were around you in the dorm so like hearing ali talk about how like you couldn't really go out now and even talk to the people that were like next to you you know without having your masks and like this full like mediated kind of space um you know, that was like where I, I made friends and in classes. And so, um, you know, that was like my reality. And then the types of classes I took also affected 
like the types of people I met and um, the types of professors. Like, yeah, another thing that I did when I was an undergrad that I don't know if this is rare, but like I would go to my my uh, uh, um, professor's office hours and just chat them up and talk to them. And like, I don't think, I mean, I, I rarely have any students do that. I've had like maybe two or three uh, since I was here. Now at, at UIW, I had a bunch that would do that. But I've noticed that, uh, Ali, like you're kind of talking about how people just are tend to be behind a screen. I, I even felt that before COVID, if that makes sense. Like I felt like students were uh, here at a and um, were just not the type to like, I don't want to call this a commuter campus, but at least in our department, in our space, I feel very much like it exudes commuter campus culture where people come to class and then leave. They go to a meeting and then they leave, but there's not too much people uh, like just socializing. Like, and, and in my opinion, it's like, I'm, I may be coming across like this is a student's fault, right. Or something like that. But what it really is, in my opinion, is it's bad design. Our building has really bad community building design. There is no common spaces for students to hang out and, and really for faculty either, a little bit for graduate students, but there is really no place for just random collision, random people hanging out and studying like in a lot of the other buildings that are around campus. And so if you're a comm major, you know, it's definitely something where we typically, I and this is my anecdotal like observation is, that we typically assign community to the classes that we're in more than the building and everybody that we see in it, if that makes sense. And so I, I, I feel like in addition to COVID, our department specifically has a hard time building community because we just don't physically see each other except in the classroom. And so building up informal friendships and relationships either stem out of like class projects, literally, or um, maybe a discussion that like made people feel comfortable and, and like they want to talk to each other outside of class, you know, and that sound like this is all from faculty perspective, right? So it's like, so that sounds like uh, maybe trivial to people, but like to me, it's these small intangibles that if you tweak as a professor, you can build community. And I mean, it, it sounded so crazy to people that I barbecued last week to just see what would happen but like we literally ended up having, I counted like 40, 50 people come by from all different kinds of spaces that would not normally see each other and just congregate in a place and talk. And that sounds so simple. It sounds stupid simple. But in terms of like the interactions that we're having, uh, like Ali kind of referred to about people going to class or being on the screen and then, you know, that's it. Uh something like that actually was like people like got excited. Like there were people there that literally didn't even eat. They weren't like even interested in eating. They were just there because they were like, Hey, like people are congregating and hanging out. Like that's, I want to be around this. I don't know why I just, I'm here. Uh, like yeah, even exactly. of, yeah. Yeah. One of our students, like she showed up uh, that's part of our group. And I thought for sure she showed up to like eat some food and she, and she, cause I mean, she showed up like at 10, you know, and uh, we weren't eating till like, 10, you know, 12 or one for sure. 
And she just hung out, didn't eat, stayed till like two. Like, and she was just enjoying the fact that people were around. And so it's a, it's a really interesting idea of how community has changed and how we build community in academia and the, you know, over the past 15 years, because for me being in school um, for this whole time as a student and then as a professor, uh, building community has been like my number one thing. That's what I do is like, I love building ad hoc communities where people want to be there, not have to be there. And, um, and to me in college, like that, like when you talk about Harvard network, Stanford network, Berkeley network, A&M, right. Aggie network, UT Longhorn network. When you talk about these schools that have these networks, you know, you can have the most traditional type of networks, like based off of football, golf, you know, sports, like the very like straight up, like social things. But you also have other, you know, alternative spaces where people are, are meeting and, and congregating and talking and building up uh, networks that are really strong in very specific spaces. So I don't know. What do you all think about that? I mean, I definitely agree that having those communal spaces does help because there's been multiple times like in the commons where random people will just be like, hey, can I sit by you? And we'll start talking. But that's just because the space is so open that you really have no choice but to sit by someone you don't know. Um, But I also think part of it with like talking to professors and that situation, at least for me, I feel comfortable talking to my professors, at least like after class or like going to office hours and things like that. And I know that varies for certain people, but I think a lot of it, it just depends on your history with professors and history with teachers. Because if you've been, have, if you've had a question in the past before and been confronted with like negativity and saying like, oh, you don't know what you're doing, things like that, that just ruins your whole expectation in college of meeting professors. And every professor I've had, uh, puts an emphasis on, hey, come to my office hours. I want to get to know you. I want to help you this and that. And if you have that background, it's like, well, you may want to get to know me, but how are you going to react? Are you going to react in a negative way? Or are you going to react in a positive way? And if it was me, I wouldn't want to go if it was a negative way. And having that past, it's like, I'm not, I'm not doing this. Like, I'm scared. I'm anxious. This brings up like past things that I've gone through. Like, I'm not dealing with that. So I feel like that definitely affects more people than the majority I, I feel like it's most mostly everyone I know at least like doesn't talk to their professors because they're just scared um and it's really crazy to me like having professors like you and like having professors like Dr. Robert that I mentioned last episode that are so laid back and so willing to help that it's like I would have never expected this if I hadn't said anything, like if I hadn't actually gone up to you and spoken to you, I would have not thought this. So I think it just varies depending on the person and the situation, but there are ways to like fix that culture behind it. And that really just starts with having faculty that's open, like that's willing to come for you with open arms at the end of the day. Hey, what's up? I'm back. <laughs> Sorry, I was Anthony's done. here. <laughs> Thanks, Ellie. Um, yeah, sorry. I've been I had to step out for a bit, but 
yeah, I'm happy to be here. And this is a fantastic conversation you all are having. And um, for me, you know, meeting people in college is, is, is interesting because I remember my first year here, I was, you know, I felt very lonely because the PhD process is a very lonely process. Um, and so the thing for me that I really wanted to find was community, especially like within my own culture, I wanted to find that community. And so what's funny is that my advisor and Emily's advisor, we share the same advisor. Um, <laughs> we, I asked her, I was like, Dr. Shrevi, where can I find, you know, like a Latinx or Latino oriented community, like for grad students. And she goes, Oh, look into the Hispanic Latino graduate student association. So lo and behold, I ended up going and contacting them and they asked me to be the president. And so my first year I ended up deciding to be a president of an organization that was dormant and, and kind of was non-existent at the time. And so I had to kind of build my own community but in the process of that, I learned of how much I really enjoyed building community like Joey. And hence the reason Joey and I collaborate and work so much together is that we, a lot of these ideas and concepts and, and you know, working with people is why we work so well together. And one of the reasons why we have ReSocial in the first place too. And so along the, along my PhD journey, I've really like learned to enjoy this process of mentoring, working with others and collaborating and building community, not only within my Latinx spaces, but just in general, you know, to be able to be able to work with Ali, Emily, Joey, and, you know, the media lab group and with the Latinx graduate student association and, other friends of mine that I've been able to meet along the way is that you really do build a community and a family here through just working and kind of going through the motions of things too. But it, it's, it's in your support system really grows along the way too. And I've been able to connect with students of mine that, that I've been help been able to help mentor and to help them out. And then along the way, not only do they become students, but like friends of mine in the process and just to see them grow and flourish in ways is like really special to me as an instructor and as a person too, just to see people like succeed is super awesome. And so for me, that's the way I've kind of like, like my work and my personal life really like blend into one because like I was telling Joey earlier today, I was, I was telling him like, yeah, my, my social and personal life um are dedicated to like the work that we do outside of, you know, my own personal research. It's I, I, the, the work I do with the media lab and that we do together here, ReSocial is kind of like my social life. Like, and occasionally like Emily and I play video games too. So, you know, that, that's something that we do too, that we'll, we'll, we'll jump on Xbox live or, uh, and we'll, we'll play some video games, you know? And so things like that are the way that I've been able to build community and meet people along the way. And to me, that's really important because it doesn't help. It just doesn't help me out personally, but professionally as well. And the way that it's been able to intersect in a fun, awesome way has just been super special and something I don't take for granted at all because I really appreciate the people I've met along the way. And um, I don't take that for granted. And so it means a lot to me. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, 
I mean, I'm so intentional about community as Anthony knows yet I'm ad hoc about it. So it's like intentionality mixed with chaos. And, um, what I mean by that is that like, for example, when I was at my last university, I would get asked to go to like a kind of a consultation meeting with say the County or the city of San Antonio or, um, like UTSA's, uh, uh, Institute of Texan cultures. Those are three places that I went. And so they would invite me and I would just be like, okay. And I would just message them and say, I'm going to bring some students with me if that's okay. And they always said that was fine. So I never had like a pushback at that level. Um, and then I would just like bring like five or six students with me that were undergrads and, and graduate students. And we would all just sit there and like have a conversation with these professionals and people would get experience in having these meetings and, and figuring out collaborations. And then we'd put together proposals and, and pitches and presentations and we would just all do it together there was no like i'm the professor i lead how this goes it was like whoever wanted to i call it a duocracy um which is where like whoever speaks up is like gonna do it so it's like if you're like well i have an idea i think we should do blah 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 we're like that's great i'm so glad you're gonna do that like we will support you in any way to help make that happen in a sincere way like we're not being facetious we're like genuinely going to support you and give you everything you need to do and so what you'd end up having are these like really passionate presentations where people were, were pitching ideas that they had and were supported by the people around them. And the way the groups were made were just ad hoc. It was just like whoever once said that they wanted to go to that event. And so um, building community here during COVID was like really tough. Uh, Anthony knows it's, it's like to get students to understand that like I genuinely just want to help facilitate their ideas and find other people that have ideas and then us just facilitate each other and like not even be required to help each other, but just if you want to, you can. Uh, to create a network like that, you know, it, it it's really taken some time. And when COVID hit, I was having weekly meetups and we had a really diverse group of like 15 to 20 students that were coming. And then that got like wiped out then I realized we needed to go online and we just started having zoom sessions uh, every week, no matter what, even through the summer. And, um, and then when, when we started coming back in person, that was when we were like, Oh, like we really should start meeting in person again. <laughs> like and we like made a decision. We were like, look, like we'll have our first meetings outside. Like we'll have them downtown outside and we'll just all meet. So we did a couple of tests like that and then we instituted it weekly. Um, but really it was like these Zoom sessions that we were having was where we were at, like ad hocly building community uh, in an academic setting where these meetings weren't required. People didn't have to come to them, but they just wanted to. And this was even during the summer. And then we'd have people that like through our networks, like Anthony would have people, I would have people, like pe people would just have people that like had nothing to do with Tamu would just come and join us on our Zoom and talk about what projects they're working on and what they're excited about. So for me, building like ad hoc intentional communities or intentional ad hoc communities has always been like a, a pretty genuine way 
to give students an intangible that they would typically not have where they just feel like, wow, we have like all these different people from all these different spaces. I mean, that literally happened this week when <laughs> like an hour before we started this, when Anthony and I were talking at lunch about what our topic was going to be for today. And we were just like, we have no idea. And then Allie, you know, Anthony throws it out and Allie, who's just joined us, like gives us some really great topics. And I look at Anthony, and I go, there is no way without Allie having said these things that we would have gotten into that space. And these are great spaces. And to me, that's like what ad hoc community is about. Instead of saying, well, Allie, you know, like the, or you don't need your ideas. You're an undergrad, like, well, like you said, kind of the intimidating response that you're worried about from faculty saying these things. Instead, we're like, not only is that a great idea, that's the idea we're doing. You know? And you're in charge. Like, tell us if we're doing a good job. You know, I'll shut up. But like, that was kind of uh, uh, what I think in terms of like my intentionality of, of, of how not just like informal networks, but creating formal informal networks for people to, to feel good at university. And inclusive networks as well. Because I feel like the networks that we've helped work on, um, you know, both together and separately have been very inclusive spaces that we're trying to build on, including ReSocial here. I think ReSocial's, we're trying to make it as inclusive as possible. Like like Joey just mentioned, it's like, we're trying to make it a space where like, we're all equal in this space and that all of our opinions and thoughts and concepts matter, you know, so definitely. Yeah, Joey, what you were talking about with this like community building space made me kind of realize one thing I think COVID might have done, which is it it kind of made us like we, we kind of learned how to live and not even like live happily, but just kind of survive without having a lot of that community. And so I think coming back to places where we can build it, it's like we think about community as kind of like supplementary or like something extra that we don't necessarily need. So it's just kind of another thing on our to do list. And I think what you're talking about is really reminding me like of how necessary community is. Like it's not just a, it's not just something to do like as a hobby or like, you know, on the side, but it really is integral part of like being a human being um, and like living a ha- like a happy life and like thriving, you know, and and I think in the academic context also like community, like you're saying with, you know, like Ali's great ideas, like it generates creativity and like honestly helps a lot of times helps us be more productive but we think about it as something that's going to take away our time or take off our focus. But I think a lot of the time it reminds us of what our focus really is. Um, and that's something that I struggle with a lot. So like, it's just remembering how important people are. Cause I find myself like, you know, I have so much to do that. I'm like, let me just focus on that. Um, but it's really when I get away from that and get to go spend time with people that I'm like, Oh yeah, what I'm doing is important. And like, it motivates me to really do the work. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like it allows you to have that creative outlet to where it's kind of like a de-stressor, but it's also something you enjoy so much that you're like, I'm having fun. And like, I'm learning so much still from doing this, but it's not technically like going to class and doing homework and listening to listening to a lecture or anything like that. You know, and for me as an instructor, that's one of the things that, that I've learned a lot from Joey about and from my other mentors too, like, education should be fun you know what I mean it's like how can we make it fun how can we make this a a cool process not just for our students but for ourselves too you know 
and vice versa. How can the students make it fun and how can they find their work to be fun and enjoyable and still quote unquote rigorous and learn in the process of things too. And so I think that that also kind of is kind of like one of those things that revolves in my mind in the process of things of like, how can we make this fun, enjoyable and educational all at once, you know? But um, yeah, so yeah, yeah, this is a cool conversation. I'm enjoying it. But yeah, Emily and I do play video games and, and I, I want to make that <laughs> very clear. We, we play video games and uh, that's another way that we've built community too, that Emily met my friends who are outside of my educational community. And so now she's a part of that, like, like the like group too that you know and i don't know i've always just been that type of person that like i like to like bridge my like my networks together and it just kind of builds and everyone just hopefully becomes cool with each other in the process sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't you know you know different personalities sometimes clash but you know in this case we just had a really good time like on friday we were playing video games and it, we played for a good like what three hours or more yeah or yeah more, that was so yeah. fun that was that was like one of those times where I like felt like I was a kid again or like in high school or it's just like laughing till I like cried you know so much fun um and like I don't know video games have really kind of been that for me during this like last kind of year or so like they really do connect you across like geographic space and like intersect a bunch of different relationships too. You know, like I play with family, but I play with friends and like probably at some point I'll end up playing with both, you know? And yeah, like I, that's something that I'm really grateful for is just like the ability to connect in technology. Cause I feel like my relationships used to be very much like in person. And then sometimes we call each other and be online, but now it's like, no, my relationships are like 80 to 90% online. And maybe we see each other like once in every blue moon, but like, that's just kind of what relationships look like nowadays. Cause everyone, at least everyone I know, like we move around a lot cause we're all students and we're like trying to, you know, get into careers. And so we're not really in one place for very long. So you have to have those tools to keep your relationships going. Definitely. Yeah. And I think that's always been like in the background of like how relationships kept going, especially like long distance relationships and like friendships and things like that. Like it was always somehow came back to like the internet and like connecting online. But at the same time, like you said, like 80 to 90% now is all online. And it's like that once in a blue moon situation where you actually meet up in, in person and half the, at least personally for me, a lot of the time it's on accident. Like we didn't purposely meet up, but we're at the same place at the exact same time. And it just happened to work out. Um, but it's crazy to think of like, just how much it's changed. Like with Joey saying how he used to go to like his neighbors when he was in college and like, be like, Hey, what's up? Like I didn't get that experience. And I probably would have had a very different college experience currently if I did. But at the same time, it's like, okay, this is what we're working with now. How can we still incorporate those day-to-day interactions with people and like getting to know the people around you in person, but having kind of the basis of it be online since that's what we, that's the cards that we've been dealt at this point. And so I think that's why social media now has such a bigger grasp on like kids and students is because all of our relationships are based off of that. Like I have friends that I've never met in person, but we have each other on Snapchat and we constantly Snapchat back and forth or like on Instagram and we're DMing each other memes and like different things like that. But it's like, I've never met you in real life. I don't even know what your voice sounds like. So it's, it's so crazy that that is how 
social media has just like brought people together, but also like changed the atmosphere of how people meet each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I I think there's also like a positive and negative side to it, but I'm glad we're focusing on the positive because I think more cases than none, I think people focus a lot on how negative social media and how digital spaces like that can be pretty toxic and bad. But the fact that you found community and these people through these spaces and are able to communicate like that, you know, I think it's really cool, you know, because I mean, this podcast right now, we're all doing it in different locations and we're being able to, you know, record and to be able to have the conversations and the dialogue that we're having to, you know, for, for said episode and past episodes as well. So just the fact that we're able to have these, you know, conversation using the technology that we're using to that, it's really impressive. And again, it's the community aspect of it that we all want to be together and have these cool conversations about our lived realities, lived experiences within these higher educational spaces and out in outside spaces as well, you know, and so it's, it's just really cool. You know, I think it's pretty awesome that we have these tools um, that we can use to help, you know, connect us together in a stronger way too. Powerful stuff here. It's weird. Like um, this reminds me of uh, when I was in graduate school, um, I helped run a hi-fi store in Austin and um, I would I would get on IRC channels, which is uh, Internet Relay Chat from back in the early 2000s. And um, they're really nerdy. And so I would get on these audio uh, chats. And one time, like over a year, I, I kept talking to this one uh, person named Kuma. That was their handle. And uh, K-U-M-A. And uh, they were just like really interested in the hi-fi that we were selling and we were doing. And uh, finally they like messaged me and I can't remember her name, Nagaku, Nagoya. I I, I honestly can't remember her name off the top of my head, but she she was like, I want to come visit you and your business partner. And she like flew from Chicago to like Austin and like met with us. And hung out with us for like three days to talk about audio and listen to like systems and then just like went back and like, you know, I mean, we, we would chat here and there, but it was like literally just like we're kind of talking about this, this ability to um, discuss and talk about things builds like ad hoc possibility, right? Like ad hoc randomness. And um, I've always been like very, very intrigued by it, as y'all can tell. But um, even like this past week, uh, I had a really crazy, crazy, like one degree of separation situation where a woman had emailed Anthony about her kid uh, in high school that wanted some help. And he thought I would be able to help a little bit. And so he forwarded the email to me. And then um, I set up a Zoom because, like, I love ad hoc, you know, community building. <laughs> so I have a Zoom with her. And we ha- we end up having this, like, huge conversation for, like, 40 minutes. And towards the end, she's telling me about how she loves to bake. And she's telling me about how she's making, like, vanilla extracts right now. And I was like, oh, you should talk to this coffee place. I really like Tavo Coffee. She's like, I make their vanilla extract. And I'm like, wow, okay. So we're like, all right. That's a pretty good connection there, right? So then, uh, like on Sunday, I go to um, shoot 
a colleague of mine's uh, a band, right? She's in a band, uh, Kara Wallace. And I go to shoot uh, the band. And sure enough, this woman is there, like first time ever meeting her. And I'm like, wow. And she's wearing a band shirt. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know if you know, but I'm shooting Kara Wallace. She's, uh, uh, you know, in the band. And she's like, oh, I know Kara. Like my husband's in the band with Kara. And I'm like, okay, fair enough. Like that works. I mean, yeah, of course. So then uh, <laughs> the next day I go to Anthony's award ceremony and who's there? <laughs> like, She's there for an award for another uh, uh, student. And so we say hello. And then like a, a, a mutual friend of, of Anthony and I's, uh, uh, her, her daughter shows up and her daughter runs up to this woman and gives her a huge hug. And it turns out that she goes to the church of this other student whose kid, she also has a five-year-old kid, which I have a five-year-old kid, uh, and is uh, her kid is really good friends with this woman's kid who also plays with my kid, who's, you know, like last Thursday, we were at that church and my kid and her kid were playing together because we were helping shoot something. So it's like, you know, these ad hoc networks just... I don't know. That one blew my mind. That was like too, too many <laughs> like randomness. And my head was like hurting. I felt out of body at that point. <laughs> but, um, but those are also like good moments, right? Like we talk about the internet being annoying and, and how like, you know, people are this and that, but um, I really feel like a lot of times when we put good energy out into the ethos and um, we talk to other people, in a genuine way, whether it's online or in person, you can start making connections and uh, building like networks that help you, whether it's a, a project that you're passionate about, a professional aspiration, career aspiration, or um, or just seeking general help, right? Like we talked about mental health last, last week, like that's another place where a lot of times you'll meet people that are able to help you in ways that you may have just not even thought about. And so, yeah, to me, community building in college is like just one of the major, major perks if, if, um, uh, uh, if taken advantage of um, that you can have when, when going to college is, is that, that experience. Even and as a colleague as well. So I don't know. What do y'all, y'all have any last things y'all want to say as we wrap things up? Um, I think one of the biggest takeaways just from this whole conversation is just that like, even if you don't think that there's a way for you to get to know people, there is, it's just, you have to look for it. Cause like the communities that you were talking about, Joey, like I had no idea like what those were anything. And now I do. And now I'm like, okay, well maybe I can kind of administrate one of those. Um, and even then it's like, okay, what if there's already one being administrated that I could potentially just become a part of? Um, and so I feel like just knowing that there are other people out there that are like looking for that community and sense of community is such a big thing. Um, so if anyone's looking for something, I'm here. <laughs> um, also horns down. You said UT got to do the horns down. I'm sorry. It's all good. It's all good. I'm used to it. Don't worry. I got some really good Aggie jokes. So 
<laughs> a picks up for you, Tiff, though. Yeah. Uh, Just kidding. Like uh, my current my current Aggie frustration was walking from Rudder into the MSC uh, in the underpass. <laughs> there is no door. Yeah. There's no door. <laughs> yeah. Under the awning that leads from the rudder to the MSC. I know exactly what you're talking uh, about. And that's just kind of like that was the most aggy thing I had. I laughed. I was like, wow. They're they're hanging the fruit real low these days for me here. But uh yeah, I'll I'll leave it at that. But yeah, no, no, no. no that's that's good. That's good. <laughs> that's awesome. Anyone else? Y'all good? All right. Well, we like to thank y'all for listening today. Uh, we always enjoy that you all, uh, you know, tune in, have uh, uh, take a listen to what we have to say. We're always looking for feedback. You can check us out on Instagram, on TikTok, and of course uh, here on our podcast. Um, if you have any topics that you are just dying for us to cover, you know, feel free to reach out to us. Other than that, this is the last week of school for all of us here uh, for this spring semester. So if we sounded a little tired, a little out of it, eh, maybe because of that. But for the most part, you know, doing this podcast and knowing that y'all are listening is, is something that brightens our week. So thank y'all so much for listening. And we hope you have a wonderful day. Thanks. Bye.